gizmos, and gear. It's time to check that tech. Tech check on the one way home. With me once again is editor in chief of Hardware Zone VJ Anan. How are you doing this week, bro? Great. All right. So the uh, Hardware Zone Tech Awards continue. Yeah, and uh, another feature that is always prominently there every year: notebooks. Because one of the most bought products, you know, for the last few years, you know, ever since work from home started and everything else, people wanted to equip themselves. Right? They wanted mm. to get rid of their old junk, get new gear, and uh, one of the best ways to get it is get a, a good notebook. A lot of accessories to go along with it, and to facilitate your work from home lifestyle. And now it's the hybrid lifestyle, right? When it comes to notebooks, right? Mm. There are so many different types, okay? Different sizes, different speeds, and of course, different prices as well. Exactly. How did you guys address this for the Tech Awards this year? Where do you even start? Right. So we look at segments as a whole. We have ultra portables. Then we look at uh, value gaming, and we look at high end, best of the best gaming notebooks. Uh, then we look at contenders that. Available. So this year, as much as we wanted to do gaming, it doesn't fit our duration of a qualification period. A lot of those notebooks are changing and getting upgraded. So in the next few weeks or next few months, you'll see many new gaming notebook reviews we will be putting out for you guys. So we'll talk more about that later. What we can talk about is the ultra portables. What is an ultra portable? You have notebooks which are generally office grade kind of notebooks, but uh, the ultra portables are designed specifically so that you know they are lightweight and they have long battery life. These are two leading uh, factors that you classify for ultra portables. And these days, more or less, if it's like a 1.3 kg and below, they classify as an ultra portable. So there have to be some compromises, right? I mean, if you've got something that lasts for a long time, that's ultra light, something's got to give. So what is the sacrifice? Actually, the good thing is technology has progressed so much, you don't really sacrifice much. So you're saying that something that's so light, that lasts so long, can still have some heavy processing power behind it and still be pretty fast. Exactly. Today's ultra portables are really wows. Uh, when this whole category first started many years back, ultra portables, you were very right. You will sacrifice performance and capabilities for giving you like 10, 12 hours, or even all day battery life. So what manufacturers do is uh, put in an ultra low voltage processor within that to give you the added battery advantage. These days, they're able to cram a Core i3, a Core i5, even a Core i7. And these grades of processors are your mainstream processors that power most of your notebooks these days. Mm. So they, they're not really like, you know, uh, skimping on processing power. They are really good. Okay, so give me an example. What could you do with one of these ultra portable? Would I be able to edit video? Would I be able to, you know, do some sound engineering? Uh, would I be able to do graphic design? Things which traditionally require a lot of juice in the tank. Uh, broadly speaking, most ultra portable diseases can address all of these tasks, but it depends on the capacity and the amount of uh, output that you require. This suppose you're editing like say uh, one too many little clip and stuff like that. I'm assuming you're not going to have that much video, nor you're going to tax it too much like say putting in 4K videos, maybe mm. full full HD resolution videos, short mm. ones. They should have no problems processing it, editing wow. it. But say suppose you're doing feature length uh, stories or you know 10-20 minute more intensive youtube lent video clips uh you require more heft because i'm pretty sure you're going to manage and juggle a lot more video a lot more graphics tasks and stuff put together that may be a little bit too much for these notebooks 
So when we talk about compromise, there's this one thing about the more portable you get, manufacturers have to play around with how much they can design a notebook for uh, taking care of the thermal uh, ability, the thermal and cooling abilities of the notebook. So if you're talking about short bouts of a processing task, not an issue. You can get that clip out in no time. How about like lifespan of something like this? I think a lot of it goes by luck mm. and how you use them. These days, a lot of notebooks, they go through certain amount of rigorous testing and uh, stuff like that. So we're talking about, you know, can it, can it withstand uh, light drops and, you know, from the table, you just drop it accidentally. That's not an issue because most of the notebooks these days, they use solid state drives instead of the traditional mechanical hard drives. So that alone gives you a lot more uh, leeway in terms of how robust your notebook is. All you have to take care is your screen. And even the, uh, people like say ASUS and LG and a few other brands of Lenovo, they, they do a lot of qualification drop testing like rigorous robustness in terms of dirt being blown on it, uh, a lot of uh, stress testing, shake tests, drop tests. They qualify all of these things. So you could say that these days, these notebooks are a lot more safe for regular usage than it was a few years back. All right. You mentioned something else as well, hard drive. So, mm. you know, this is so tiny, right? How much storage am I going to have on one of these ultra portables? The sky is the limit uh, as much as your wallet can take it, maybe. <laughs> they start from 500 gigabytes. Mm. Most of the time, they squash in uh, one terabyte. Mm. Uh, you have up to two terabyte options as well. Okay, obviously as a radio DJ, right? I'm interested in the audio. So because this is a Ooh. tiny notebook, right? I'm going <laughs> to yes. start wondering, am I still going to enjoy like a cinema experience if I'm watching my videos off the laptop? To be frank, all the manufacturers are going to throw you uh, jargon saying, oh, we support the Dolby content, Dolby audio and stuff like that. But they support all these algorithms. They support it in software-based perspective to give you that uh, oral experience. But you can only best enjoy it when using headphones. Yes, you're going to have that kind of surround feel experience with relevant movies, relevant content. You can make it happen. We're talking about just the speakers themselves. Not really. They're going to say it's a fine-tuned by XYZ Corporation. Yes, but there's a limit to how much physics can go. So you're not going to really expect much out of the default speakers. But if you're asking me who has got the best speakers from a notebook, that will be the MacBook Pro. <laughs> ah, okay. So back to the Apple, huh? Yeah. All right. So, Ultra Portables, what did you look at and what came out number one? Acer, Asus, HP, Huawei, Lenovo, MSI, Microsoft, all of these were very close contenders. And our pick was uh, Asus ZenBook 14 OLED. That is the proper name for this notebook. It's only like, you know, 1.2 kg or thereabout. The striking quality it has is that it has an OLED screen. What does that mean? Most of the time you get traditional uh, uh, screens that are backlit using backlit technology. So you will have, you know, reasonable output and stuff like that. But to get a step up, you have mini LED uh, backlit displays. And a further step up is OLED displays. So just like the Sony and LG uh, TVs that they promote their OLED TVs and the awesome contrast ratio, awesome punch and colors, you're going to get that same experience on the notebook. And uh, Asus is one of the earliest proponents to support OLED screens. So one of the chief components of uh, considerations is making sure that the OLED screen doesn't have any burn-ins. So they have technology, software-based technologies that they've devised to make sure that you know, the pixels do shift around in a, in a very 
minute level to the point you can't notice it, but the technology behind is working in the background to mitigate this risk. So for this Asus ZenBook, it mm. comes with an OLED screen. Yeah. What else did it come with that impressed you so much? You put it at number one. Of course, one of the key things people look out for is how about connectivity, right? Because the more compact the notebook gets, the more concerned you are like, you know, am I only going to get one port and it's going to be a Type-C? Do I need to carry dongles and stuff like that? No. So they this notebook comes with adequate ports from full-size HDMI, full-size Type-A uh, and Type-C ports. So there's a mix and there's a variety of required ports that will ensure that you don't need to go find or hunt or bring along a dongle. It even has a micro SD card uh, slot as well. Okay, battery life. From our testing in a continued usage, it goes like over 500 minutes in a normal productivity usage. So even if you want to game, we test in gaming mode, it got you over 160 minutes without plugging to a power brick. Now you know I'm going to ask you next, right? Price. Okay, you'll also be surprised. This is also not going to cost you much at all. In fact, what? In fact, this was our cheapest contender. And <laughs> it's like, we were like, what? Uh, you have a great screen, great portable tree, great battery life, great performance, good connectivity, 1.9K when it was new. These days, by default, you can get it for under 1.7. Wow. Yeah, so it is like, wow. Plus, let me tell you, that screen is also touch screen capable. So you had a flexibility. I can also use a stylus and I can draw on the screen itself. Is that possible? You could do that. But most of the time people use it for like, okay, let me like close the window, enlarge the screen, pinch, zoom. All of these touch point features are there immediately. Okay, so clearly value for money. Correct, correct. Okay. It is. All right, so I have a question here. And this is for most people who don't know anything about laptops, uh, are very limited in their ideas of tech, you know, in general. They want a laptop, they go out there. And many times, right, they get distracted by all these other features <laughs> that, uh, you know, the promoters or the salespeople throw at them, right? And I know you are a firm believer in before you get anything that you want, know what it is that you need. Why do you need it for, okay? Yeah. So while there are so many different options for so many different types of people to accommodate every different type of use out there, what are the things that never change that you always need to look out for when it comes to getting a laptop or an ultra portable? Great question. So even if you like don't go around doing a research and stuff. I, I think this question comes in very handy. You need to know what you want. You need to make sure you are satisfied with it, right? So I, I guess one of the first things, go use the notebook, feel the keyboard. I, you're going to spend an awful lot of time on that. You want to make sure whether the, the control key, shift key, function keys, the delete, backspace, all of this stuff, including your num locks and uh, your arrow keys, are they in the place that you prefer? Right. So, for example, uh, there are certain Lenovo notebooks that have the function key on the bottom left corner. And I always mistakenly press the function key thinking that it's going to be the control key there. So, this could annoy you, right? Because mm. on a traditional uh, keyboard, right, a normal keyboard, you're not going to have a function key there. You're going to have a control key there. You want to maintain the same kind of uh, usability and uh, uh, familiarity. So these are small things that you want to take note of. How does it feel? Is it uh, suitable for your typing experience? Where are the keys? Does it come on a bigger notebook? They may or may not come with a separate number pad as well. So if they cram in a separate number pad as well, great if you work on a lot of Excel and number crunching. But that also means that the whole keyboard layout is shifted from being in the middle, it shifted to the left. Hmm. And so the trackpad also, they may also shift a little bit to the left, right? So these are smaller niggling points. They want to take a note like, you know, there's this 
uh, setup suit you? Or do you want a setup like, okay, I don't want a number pad, I just want a good keyboard with good usability, good key travel, uh, good feel, right? What is good key travel? What does that mean? Okay, in terms of the lack of key travel, you're talking about the, the mushy feel and uh, you don't really feel any clicks and thereabouts. Mm. It just feels very synthesized, you know, the, the very artificial kind of feel versus like having uh, a proper keyboard with key travel. So you had a clicky feel and everything else. The ability for the key to actually go up and down. La. Correct, correct. That's right. the key travel. Yeah. Mm. So mm. if it's too shallow, you don't feel that you have a nice typing experience. But those with like say 1.3 to 1.5 mm key travel you're more happy with the experience it's closer towards using a standalone dedicated keyboard so that's why this keyboard usability is a very big indicator of what's what is it towards your personal preference beyond our uh, testing of what it says how good is it and stuff like that keyboard keyboard layout that's one thing to look out for something else that has to be present in any choice is the webcam oh yeah yeah because three years ago we wouldn't really care about what webcam is it is just there for for the sake of being there nowadays it is necessary really mm. really necessary and you there's a few aspects to that where is it placed many of them place it on top of the display but there are some that uh, place it under the display uh for just just for the sake of design and you know making the bezels look thin they'll place it under the display which means it's from down looking up. So it's going to look at your chin. That's not glamorous, right? Not at all. Immediately, I thought about an interview that I did. Uh, I'm not going to say who she is. Very, very beautiful actress slash model slash host in Singapore. But when I interviewed her, I did a Zoom interview with her. Unfortunately, she had one of those webcams that were on the keyboard, right? Oh. And it was looking up at her and I was like, oh, this does not do her justice at all, okay? Mm. And also because... Uh, of where the webcam was placed and I suppose most of the time if you have an inbuilt microphone it's also located near to where the camera is right yes yes usually when you're talking into a microphone you want it you know at level with where your mouth is mm. so if both the webcam and the mic are far below your face not only are you gonna look bad you're also not gonna sound very good either you're right where is it placed? That that also makes a difference. If the mic is going to be down there next to the keyboard and you type stuff, it's going to pick up that sound as well. Yeah. So those are some small factors uh, that you need to look out for. The other thing is, uh, one of which we also covered, is your connectivity, right? So if you don't, you need to look out like, what are you going to connect it with? If you are... Uh, if your day-to-day -day usage is you're going to transition from say office to uh, home and you're going to plug it in and that's going to be your your main powerhouse right so which means to say you need to connect things in easily fast and uh, smooth you don't want to have disruptions you want to make sure every port is there so you want to make sure you have a type c port type a port how many of them are there so that depends on how many peripherals you want to connect like do you want to connect the external mics external cams um how about a wired mics you prefer this wired rather than wireless, right? If possible for clarity and everything else, right? So all of this already take up enough ports. We're not even talking about ports to uh, interface with USB thumb drives, storage, and everything else. Absolutely, because if you have to carry around an, an extra USB hub, right? This ultra portable ain't so portable after all. Correct, correct. It's going to become a chore. Then speaking of which, there's yet another aspect to that. What kind of power charger is supplied with the notebook? Oh, really? Okay. How does that come into the picture? 
So it, it all adds into your oral portability equation. Mm. Like say, suppose the notebook is equipped with a Type-C port that is uh, USB charging friendly. And it maybe probably only requires the, the usual 45 to 65 watts uh, charging juice. So if you get a USB Type-C power plug that can supply 100 watts, 120 watts of power, then you can use the same plug to power your notebook as well as other devices that you might also have. So that means you don't need to carry a power brick wherever you go. You just need to make sure that you have a suitable USB based power charger wherever you are, be it your home, your office, make sure that is there. Then you don't have to carry the power brick along. Fantastic stuff. All right, for a full list of ultra portables that Hardware Zone has reviewed over the years, please go to hardwarezone.com.sg and of course, take a look at more of what they say about the Asus Zenbook, which came in number one in the Hardware Zone Tech Awards this year. Thank you very much, VJ. We'll talk to you more next week. See you soon. Tech Check on the one way home on 1FM 91.3.